Today in the show, we're talking about the second half of our two-part episode on the 15-year mortgage. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm Jane with Trevor, and thank you so much for being here with us today as we uh, wrap up the second half of our two-part episode on the 15-year mortgage. So Trevor, I'll do a little bit of recap, but I didn't expect our first episode to go so long. I mean, this was supposed to be a single, single show episode. Yeah, no, I'm pretty passionate about the concept of a 15-year mortgage and I kind of had it in the back of my mind that that I was going to go on and on about some of these topics, and it turns out I did. So, uh, for anyone uh, who uh, listened to the part part one of this episode way back on Monday, we'll do a little bit of recap to bring you back up to speed. And if you haven't listened to part one, definitely go back and listen to it. It's a a great beginning to this second uh, part of the episode. So just give a little bit of a recap of what we talked about in the first part of this episode. We talked about who we're targeting. So we're targeting both those who are looking to get into the housing market who haven't quite acquired a mortgage yet, but we're also talking to those who are already in the housing market and maybe already have a mortgage. So how can how can you maybe convert your, your mortgage into one that is amortized over 15 years? We all- and and this, is, this is worth repeating just on, on who, who would be a candidate for a 15-year mortgage. And we talked about this in episode one, but I kind of had three criteria. So one is you don't live in one of Canada's most expensive real estate cities, that Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Calgary. There may be more, but those are sort of the heavy hitters. And two is you have some form of pension workplace pension plan, be it a defined benefit plan, a defined contribution plan, some sort of... Uh, you've got sort of your retirement savings somewhat in place, maybe not fully funded, but there's there's a mechanism there. And the third one, the most important one, is you have some aspiration of being financially independent early in life, not at the traditional retirement age. So I think those those three points are worth mentioning. When we're talking 15-year mortgage, I, I don't call that a select group of people, but I call that a a cross-section of the of society. We then moved on to talking a little bit about Trevor's housing journey and how he is mortgage-free. He started with a, a mortgage that was amortized over, was it 25 years, Trevor? Yeah, it was 25 years and we, we sort of uh, inadvertently worked it down to a 15-year. We then discussed some considerations you should really think about before you even buy a home. So to, to really listen to those, check out the last episode if you need a little bit of a refresher. And, and now that brings us to the start of today's episode. And Trevor, I want to lead this off with a little bit of a discussion about how realistic paying off your mortgage early is. I mean, is it is it really possible for everyone? So I've thrown together a massive list of, of scenarios and, and things our listeners might, might, might ask you or say to you. So... Um, Let's uh let's go into this. And again, this uh this little section is for for any listener who might be skeptical, thinking that maybe the only reason Trevor is able to pay off his mortgage early, or anyone else who's able to pay off their mortgage early, just got lucky. So, this is this is a quote from an article from CurrentMortgageRatesToday.org, and it's entitled Five Important Reasons Why You Should Pay Off Your Mortgage Sooner Rather Than Later." And the quote in this, it's uh, I, I like it and it's worth mentioning. It says, quote, generally the benefits or paying down your mortgage early outweigh the downsides. 
but taking the step is not something that many homeowners can afford to do. Yeah, you know, by paying off your your mortgage early, one of the big benefits, you know, forget the math and the the interest savings and all that, is you take a lot of risk, a lot of personal risk out of your personal equation. You know, you're, you know, if you were to lose your job or or fall on financial hard times of of, of any kind, this is one less risk that that of of disaster arising in your scenario in your situation if we look at the second half of that quote when it says this is not something that many homeowners can afford to do is 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 that word many is is this a little bit of an arbitrary statement in that some people may make this a priority and others may not i i think it, it's it, it it may you you could reword that to say many homeowners choose not to do this it's not that they can't afford to they've just made other things a priority like maybe some of the aspects of lifestyle inflation. Maybe they want to live large and, and they want to en- enjoy life now and, and worry about the future in the future. So, some people, they're okay with that. They can sleep at night not knowing when or if they're going to pay off their mortgage. I, I'm not one of those people. Going off of what you just said, I have another uh, another statement from Tong McFeet in his article. And he said, in, in his article, it says, quote, young families are first-time buyers are in an expensive period of life and are unlikely, unlikely to have much cash to put towards their mortgage. So uh, what do you have to be, say about that statement? And, and it's a perfect time to bring it up based on, on what you said to the last statement that some people choose not to. What if circumstances lead a person to not be able to make the decisions to have a short, shorter um, amortized mortgage? So there's a, there's a balancing act going on. You don't want to deny your children great family vacations and maybe extracurricular activities. That you don't want to deny them that at the expense of paying your mortgage off early. That's kind of you're you're you being the homeowner. You're the only one who's really going to benefit from that. Your kids might benefit. Uh, maybe you could help them in, when they're older, but. I, I think it's a balancing act. You you can't go a hundred percent in on paying down your mortgage, but you you can make it a priority. So I, I agree with the statement. There, there's points in your life when your expenses are at an all time high, and generally, you know, you, you're you're married, you have kids, you got daycare costs, you've got you know your your kids are in all sorts of activities. I mean, you hit this peak of of family expenses that's probably not the time to really hammer away at your mortgage. Maybe once you maybe cross that threshold of daycare expenses and things like that, then you can start to channel money into paying down your mortgage. So I agree. There is points in time where it probably doesn't make financial sense. Like the math won't work. If a listener came to you and, and, and said this to you, would you suggest to them that they shouldn't even be buying a home? Or would you look at yourself and say that, okay, I, I amortize my mortgage over 25 years I think that's a good thing for you to do, but make sure you reassess it when you're in a better financial situation. So being at the other end and, and knowing what you've gone through, how what's what's a realistic answer to give to that listener who might be asking that same question? Well, as I said in, in the uh, the first part of this episode uh, last week is I wish I would have went in with a 15-year mortgage in mind. I would have went at it more systematically. I would have mapped out my journey in a, in a more specific, deliberate manner. So I would suggest if you want to achieve financial independence early in life, you need to go in with a 15-year 
more with a 15-year mortgage mentality in place. You, I, I think stumbling into it is the wrong approach because it, it may not happen. You know, it, it's going to take a lot more effort to to turn that switch and, and turn that 25-year mortgage into a 15 after the fact. It's going to take a lot more discipline and motivation. So if you go in with a 15-year mortgage, you're you're kind of you've, you're more committed to the plan. So I, I would I, I would not suggest going with a 25 and hoping it turns into a 15. That takes a lot of discipline so, to pull that off. So when you say going in, you mean going into the housing market to start looking at homes and start considering your options. Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I'm not a huge fan of taking all the money the banks are offering when you get approved for a mortgage. I, I think their their math is, is wrong. I, obviously, it, it works for them. But if you think of the bank, they're in the business of making money. So they want to loan you as much money as they can with before they cross this line of, of too much risk. Because the more money they loan you, the more interest they're going to get in return. So it, it's in their interest to loan you as much money as, as possible without crossing that threshold of risk. So the bank is not your friend. They're, they're in the business of making money. They're not, they're not looking out for you. Trevor, I want to go back to the 25-year mortgage. So the the housing landscape was a lot different when you were purchasing your home than it is today. But at the time when you purchased your home, I mean, you, you, you even you admitted last episode that you could have amortized that immediately over 15 years because you were purchasing a home that was well within your price range. But in that exact moment with the, with the circumstances that you had, your young family, w- would you have gone in with that 15 year mortgage? That is, I, I guess I'm just trying to get at the fact that you, you're advising our listeners today, something that you did not do, but only wished you did do. So here, here's a, a, a sort of a, a compromise. So when you get a mortgage, you, you sign up for a term. Generally it's, you know, you one year, three years, five years. That, that seems to be sort of the, the common, common approach. So if you're a little unsure, you know, Get into your 15 mortgage, your 15-year mortgage, and get a short term. You know, get maybe a three-year term for that first that first 15 years. And if it turns out you can't do it, you'll you'll have to struggle through those three years. And then when you go to renew your mortgage at the end of the three years, you can then put it over you know 20 years, you know, or or just another 15 or 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 whatever you can work with. So. You may you may struggle for those first three years and, and improve that maybe we can't do this. It is too tight. And then at the end of the three years, you can make adjustments to the amortization of your mortgage then. So that that's a sort of a compromise if if you tried it and, and it, it, it's too much of a struggle. I, I really I really like the perspective you took on that in that you kind of push yourself to the limits and and instead of because there's that saying where you will if you have a task, you will take all the time that you have to complete that task. So again, if, if you are being pushed to your limits, you will be forced to perform at those at the edge of your limits. Yeah, you tend to find money when you need it, you know, and it, it, either you you earn more, you 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 ramp down lifestyle, you know, there's all sorts of things you but but without that constraint, you know, of that higher mortgage payment amortized over a shorter period without that constraint in front of you you're not going to be pushed to, to sort of deal with that or, or, or come up with extra money. 
what I'm gathering though from just the way you're talking about getting through those first few years that fetching your mortgage, it sounds a little bit painful and and not openly enjoyable. Well, when you go from renting to to owning a home, there's all sorts of, of costs that you you don't anticipate uh, maintenance costs and taxes and utilities that that maybe are more significant than they were in your rental property. So it, a house is full of surprises, home ownership is, and, and, and costs that, that go, you know, a lot of people say, you, you know, what I pay in rent, I, I could be owning a house. Well, there's a lot of additional costs to owning a house. So it, it's something you have to really want. And then the 15 mortgage on top of that, that's something you really, really have to want. I, I just I, I just want to equate this to, to another example, just to make sure I'm understanding this right. So for any of our listeners maybe who've been to the gym who are who's doing a really fast run on the treadmill and you feel like your heart's going to explode and it feels really uncomfortable, is that the type of feeling you're kind of aiming for when you pick up that 15-year mortgage? Is that it should feel a little bit uncomfortable? That, you know, that's, that, that's the analogy I'm feeling. That is a really good example. If it if it's if it's easy, then you're just going to end up. You were not just. You could succumb to lifestyle inflation if you end up with extra money at the end of every month. But I, I think at the fifteen-year mortgage, it's going to push you. It's, it's going to. You're going to have to make decisions and, and maybe some sacrifices short term. So it, it is going to be. I, I don't want to say a struggle, but you. you uncomfortable. You'll, you'll I think to, uncomfortable is a good word for it. Yeah, a little uncomfortable, and. and if you want to, you know, the benefits of it, it's going to be uncomfortable. That's why I really, I really enjoy personal finance and talking about it because the concept of personal finance and behaviors behind it really relate to a lot of other things in life and feelings that we feel and, and, and situations that we go through in other contexts. So I do want to go back to our young family buying their home for the first time. So if, I mean, maybe take the family part out of the equation, maybe she's a couple that's looking to buy a home should if they, if they are thinking that maybe they can't make that 15 year mortgage work should they even be buying a home and can you compare that to kind of the cost of of rent compared to the mortgage payment because i hear that debate a lot i actually i i know someone who's actually thinking about buying a home and they kind of are in their mind debating between the money that they could put into a home versus and and, and then they could be forced savings that way versus the money they they feel they don't have enough money to both be both paying rent and set aside for a mortgage down payment. So in their mind, um, putting money aside into a mortgage is 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 the 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 better option. Well, there's no question that uh, real estate is a great wealth building tool, and, and it's mostly in the form of forced savings, meaning you have to repay that mortgage back, and it it shows up in the form of equity in your home. So it it, it is a it's a worthwhile. Uh, path to go down to buy a home I mean if you can't afford a 15-year mortgage and again it, it could be you live in one of Canada's most expensive cities and you have to live there because of the nature of your job or whatever then then I, I think a 25-year mortgage is probably the answer so so just to recap on your answer when you don't have enough money to save for a home because all your money is going into rent then it might be time to maybe consider that 25-year mortgage if all your money is going into rent and there's nothing left at the end of the month or, or, or you're barely like you have to at some point you have to be able to put together a down payment. And we talked about that down payment. It needs to be at least 20%. And 
I mean, if you're that tight to the wire, homeownership's probably not in the cards, you know, at that particular earning level. Moving on to the next statement within our category of how realistic is paying off your mortgage early. And this is also by Tom Lafitte and a quote within his article is, quote, personal circumstances are often the top of the why not list of paying your mortgage off early. So is personal circumstances another word for an excuse or are there actual circumstances that may appear in one's life that makes paying off your mortgage um, maybe not realistic or feasible? Well, you know, people can fall on hard times. I mean, if you if you suffer a serious illness and you're not able to work for an extended period of time, that's certainly going to put you behind on, on paying down your mortgage early. Uh, you could have have to care for an elderly family member. You know, there's all sorts of circumstances where you could go in with a plan and then your circumstances change. And as a result, you, you have to alter your plan. And, you know, that's called life getting in the way of, of a plan. And it, it happens all the time. So I, I think that's valid. The next point within how realistic is paying off your mortgage is a, another quote from the article from current mortgage to, mortgageratestoday.org. Again, all these articles will be in our show notes. And this quote is, quote, unfortunately, in order to pay off a mortgage earlier, you will have to come with a large sum of money if you want to pay everything all at once or more money each month if you decide to pay it off by making extra mortgage payments. Unless you have significant savings, inherit a large sum of money, or receive a pay increase from work, you are facing some difficult times until the debt is paid. So, to pay off a mortgage early, I mean, we're going to get into the how-tos, but it, it really, you know, you have to make decisions. You, you, you may have to ramp down your lifestyle for a period of time and channel that money into your mortgage. So you may have to maybe not drive brand new cars for a period of 10 or 15 years and, and, and take those car payments and put them into your mortgage. Things like that are going to move the needle. So you don't have to necessarily look for a pay increase or inheritance to, to make this happen. It's it's making lifestyle decisions is, is, is how you're going to get there, in my opinion. And I'm glad you mentioned it because that's really why I included this, this quote into this episode because, I mean, inheritance, um, pay increase, all of these are, are external factors that um, add money to your life. And and really, and it sounds like you almost are get lucky if and it, only those who are fortunate enough to get those things into life are are capable of paying their mortgage off early. Well, that mentality is saying, if somebody gives me the money, I'll put it on my mortgage. You know, that's kind of how I read that. And I mean, that's that's so unrealistic. The last uh, point within this section of kind of bursting the bubble on is it actually realistic to pay off your mortgage is, is something that maybe a lot of our younger listeners and, and myself included might empathize with. And it's the fact that paying off your mortgage seems like such a distant and possible far off achievement or goal and that it's so far away And 25, even 15 years seems like a long time. Well, you know, so if you're 25 and you get into a 25 year mortgage, that's going to seem like a life, lifetime commitment because to that point, that is your lifetime. But when you get older in your 50s and you reflect back, 10 and 15 year windows of time are actually pretty short. They're pretty small and they go by in a hurry. So, I, you know, I remember when I was in high school, it seemed like I was in high school forever. But when my kids were in high school, it, it seems like they just started high school. And the next thing I know, they're graduating. 
So, so that four-year window was, was gone in a blink of an eye. So it, it really, time speeds up when you get older. So that 15 years is going to go by faster and faster the older you get. The next section we are going to get into is things to consider when getting into a mortgage. So this section, again, is for anyone who is looking to buy a home and just getting into the housing market. So from the source we've been referencing throughout the first part of this episode and this one, it's um, by Romana King. It's from MoneySense.com, and it's called Should You Pay Off Your Mortgage Early? And there, she lists a couple different points in here that are really, are really great to consider when you are just getting to a mortgage. Yeah, so this is really the how-to section, right? This is the how are you going to get there. So this, this, is, this is not as important as the why, to, but the how-to is is something that will help you, will will help you get there. So I, I think it's 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 important, but not as important as the why-to. So the first point Romana lists in her article is start smart and maximize your down payment. And this is where I say you need to put twenty percent down to avoid that CMHC mortgage insurance, which which insures or protects the people loaning the money to you, not you. And when you start with a big down payment, obviously you're going to have less mortgage to amortize, to pay back, and you can put that over a shorter period of time. I mean, that's just math. It makes a lot of sense. And when you're bringing up the concept of math, and I think, like we said in the first part of this episode, this uh, these two parts, this two part series really is. I mean, we always focus on behavior, but this is a really math driven concept. So the second point in Romana's article is, and I this one I just, it's probably my favorite. It's buy what you can afford. Yeah. So people, a couple things go on here is people will they'll let real estate agents, and I don't want to talk negatively about them, but they they will let them show houses just outside of their price range in hope, and, and it was the good intentions. They're hoping that they can put in a low ball offer to get the home at a lower price, but they're showing these these clients. Uh, properties just outside of their price range. And, and I'm not a big fan of that. I, I, you know, once I set a price, I, I want to stick to that number. And another thing is people buy house just, you know, more house than they need just in case, you know, just in case we have more kids, just in case the in-laws have to live with us. And if none of those events unfold, you, you end up with more house than you need. And, and that represents lifestyle expense. So buy what you can afford and buy what you need. Romana also lists within this point that it's important to not take the maximum amount your bank has agreed to lend you, but the mortgage that works within your financial plan, which is a, a point that you've been um, repeating throughout the, this episode. If you think of what, when you get approved for a mortgage, the bank is saying, this is as much money as we can give you without putting ourselves, being the bank, at risk. So that is, you know, that's the outer limit. I mean, that is right on the edge of where you become a high-risk customer. So why you'd want to operate right at that edge, you know, I, I don't want to be at the edge of anything. So I, I think it's a to take all the money the bank's offering, to me, that that's not a good idea. And I think it's important to consider that the bank is in no way looking out for your well-being or they didn't assess your budget before you came in. They, they didn't sit down and, and think about the what the best avenue is for you. They, they're really just looking at, at the facts. Banks in Canada report record profits 
year after year, quarter after quarter. And, and it's, I mean, they are a money-making machine. So it, any any company that's profitable, they they know how to loan out money. The third point within Romana King's article about things to consider when getting yourself into a mortgage is shop around for the best rate. Yeah, this can make a difference for sure. You know, you can use mortgage brokers and things like that. I mean, why wouldn't you? I a few points off your interest rate can really make a difference on your your payment. The key though is, if you get a reduced rate, don't you know? Maybe increase your payment. You know, don't don't just spend that money. You know, have it benefit your mortgage, not your your lifestyle. So Romana uh, says within this point that quote most standard mortgages in Canada charge interest semi annually. That means twice a year the lender calculates what interest you owe based on the outstanding principal debt and the accumulated interest on that outstanding debt. This is known as semi-annual compounding. Yeah, I think it's just important to understand the terms of your mortgage. I mean, any contract you sign, you, sh- you should understand it thoroughly. And if you don't understand the language, and you need to take it to somebody who can, can, who can explain it to you has, who has your best interest in, in mind. The point, this point also, I think, highlights that because interest does compound, that the the frequency at which it it compounds will increase your interest payments. The next two points are, I'm just going to lump together because they are related and it's accelerated payments and lump sum or extra payments. Yeah. So the accelerated payments is, this is one of the things we did is you can pay your mortgage monthly or you can pay it bi-weekly or you can pay it weekly. And by paying it weekly, you end up with extra payments that go directly against the principal. So it, 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 paying it accelerated weekly is, is, a, is a sort of a painless way of paying down your mortgage. You don't really feel it. If you get paid weekly, you don't really feel that, that extra payment you're making. And with lump sum payments, usually a mortgage has terms where uh, once a year you can make a, a, a certain amount of, of lump sum payment that goes directly toward the principal. So those are, are, are a couple of tools you, that, that w- I use to pay down my mortgage early. And I, they're, they're quite effective. The second last point is lower your amortization. And this essentially is the point that we have been hammering home this entire two-part episode. Yeah, and so this would be you know, every time your mortgage comes up for renewal, you know, so some of the people, the, the, the trap people fall into is, you know, they'll, they'll start with a 25-year mortgage. They'll have a five-year term. At the end of five years, they'll renew it over another 25 years. And so, and that, that just keeps on going and going. So just the opposite is, say you start with a 25-year mortgage and at the end of five years, you, rather than amortize it over a 20 years, you would amortize it over 15. You know, that, that's a way of shortening the life of your mortgage. So moving on, we talked about before you even buy home, things to consider when getting yourself into a mortgage. Now we're going to talk about what if you've already bought a home and we're actually going to get into reasons not to pay your mortgage off early and reasons to pay your mortgage off early. So I mentioned in the first part of this episode that my initial thoughts going into this was why would you not want to pay your mortgage off early? So I'm really excited to get into this section and really examine why you might not want to. So the first point comes from currentmortgageratestoday.org and it discusses that there could be there's so many other things you'd be doing with your money instead and it kind of leaves you without savings and and not being able to invest money instead. 
Well, this is where I said, you know, a candidate for a 15-year mortgage would be somebody who has a pension plan in their workplace. So a workplace, workplace pension plan or some sort of retirement savings in place is required because you can't ignore that responsibility. So, so I, I, I would agree with that. But, you know, one thing is if you have no savings, you're kind of exposed in, in, in the event of, a, you know, a financial disaster happens to you personally. So that, that is definitely a risk. If you, if you put all the money down in your mortgage and you, you have no savings left and something horrible event occurs in your life and you need money, that's a problem. Now, well, one way you could combat that is if, and I'm not a fan of these, but if you had a home equity line of credit against that paid for house, that could be an emergency fund. I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of this at all, but I mean, if it was a, 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 a life or death emergency, I, I guess I would consider using a home equity line of credit if it was going to make a difference. So that's a valid point. Not having any cash to, to, to manage a, a crisis with is, is a concern for sure. The next point is from Romana King and it just discusses how the return on the invested dollar is greater or maybe guaranteed return that you get for paying off your mortgage. So I can't disagree with that point. You know, if you're just going to do math on it, that makes sense. But I, I, I said this earlier, but paying off your mortgage, you take risk out of your life. You know, that debt that needs to constantly be serviced is gone. So by eliminating risk from your life, you may live differently because of that. You may take more chances uh, with job opportunities if you don't have this this debt to service, right? So, so so I, I think, yeah, you can do math on my mortgage interest rate, 3%. I can get 6% in the stock market. You know, that's a 3% gain. It makes sense. But you may have to work a, a very secure, low-paying job that you, you know you'll, you'll have the steady income to service this debt. Whereas if you had no debt, you might, you know, take a chance on a, on a promotion or, or a new company that, you know, that was going to pay you more. And, and if it didn't work out well, you know, you're, you're out of, you're out of work and, and you find another job, but in the meantime, you didn't have this mortgage to service. So you, you know, there's a, there's a lot of what ifs and maybes that you, you could go on all day with, but I, I'm a fan of eliminating as much risk out of my life as possible. And that would be paying my mortgage off ASAP. Another point, and this is from Tong McFeet, and he talks about tackling more, and this is in quotes, expensive debts first. And when I read that point, I said to myself, but mortgages are expensive, but he was talking in terms of interest rates. Yeah. And I, so I would, if you have consumer debt of any kind, I absolutely agree with this. You need to, you need to get rid of that first consumer debt. I mean, that, that is, uh, paying for previous lifestyle decisions. And yeah, I, I would agree with that. Not only because it's, uh, a higher interest rate that you're, you're, you're eliminating that debt is just you, by paying off consumer debt and not having consumer debt anymore, you, you maybe change your behavior. So I, I think that's, I support that 100%. Another point is in line with uh, the mortgage rates being so low and 
one of the another point within Tom Feet's article is that individuals may ask themselves why bother tackling mortgage debt first and i think a good combat to this is what if interest rates go up yeah it's definitely if a little uh you know increasing interest rates can have a big impact on your your mortgage payment but there's a term there's a a philosophy there saying with interest rates so low how can you afford not to have a mortgage right now and in fact the liberal government the federal government they said Interest rates are so low that this is the best time to invest in ourselves, you know, and that, that's why they're doing all this infrastructure work and, and, and running up a deficit. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, again, I want to get risk out of my life, and a mortgage to me represents risk. There's a, there's a great stat within Tom McPhee's article that I just I, I thought would be nice to include because it's it's kind of it's a it's alarming and like all these stats that have to do with uh, our debt levels but i uh, it says here the canadians owe 1.1 trillion dollars in mortgage debt and 507 billion dollars in higher interest consumer credit cards those are crazy high numbers but i mean i guess for all the mortgages that canadians hold it it, it makes sense it's a big number i i don't know how to digest that i mean a trillion dollars, I I guess you'd have to know how many houses are included in that to really be meaningful. Trevor, I, I want to stop and, and ask you before we go on, what were mortgage interest rates like when you purchased your home? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I struggle to remember. I want to say the highest interest rate I was paying might have been 6%, maybe, was was the at the peak of... We're going to move on to uh, the other half of reasons to not pay your mortgage off early. And this is reasons to pay your mortgage off early. So, I mean, I think this this section is a little more intuitive. So we'll kind of move through it fairly fast. But there's a couple of good points I do want to highlight. And one of the very obvious and and, and one that I think is the main goal, and it's for mannequin, and it's financial freedom. Yeah, could you imagine if somebody gave you an extra fifteen or sixteen hundred bucks a month that you're putting down to your mortgage payment? Is that that's that's getting a, a raise or just this this? It almost like it feels like money falling from the sky when you were making mortgage payments and now you're not. It it, it really and again the best thing to do is to channel that into retirement savings, but it it really this sounds you know hokey, but. The grass literally feels different when you walk across your, your front lawn when you've paid for your house. It it, it is just a uh, the the stress that leaves your body is is indescribable. The next point is from Murray Backman and it's from Motley Fool. So uh, www.fool.com and it's similar to the last point, but it's I think it's a little bit different. And maybe you can speak to it. It's a uh, financial flexibility. Yeah, so one of the things that paying my mortgage off really enabled me to do was cash flow my my children's post-secondary education. So neither me nor my children are going to finish post-secondary education with any kind of debt. So and that wouldn't have been possible with a mortgage. So I was able, I did save up a little bit toward education, but then cash flowed it primarily. And that that that's the kind of flexibility i i think is priceless 
the next point and through doing this podcast we've come across a lot of of readings that have identified that there are a lot of there's a lot of debt in retirement i mean individuals are experiencing debt in retirement and that is it was a little alarming to me when we really started this podcast and started getting involved in the content here so one of the points from marie backman again is less financial stress in retirement you know I couldn't imagine retiring with a mortgage. I know people do. And a lot of the people that I know that have retired with a mortgage, they are receiving one of these traditional defined benefit pension plans. Like they're going to, they're based on years of service that you work for a company and they pay you till you die. So it, it's, it's like their, you know, their income really never stopped. And maybe that works, you know, under that scenario. But in today's day and age, Traditional pension plans don't really exist anymore, other than if you work for the public sector in Canada. Uh, I I just can't make the math work, paying a mortgage and being retired. So if it works, you know, a lot of people, what they're going to have to do is if they still have a mortgage and they want to retire, they're going to have to downsize their house. I mean, that's going to be the solution for 90% of the people that hit retirement age and still have a mortgage. So I, I think... I don't think it makes sense to have a mortgage and be retired. The next point is from currentmortgageratestoday.org. And Trevor, I think you're going to speak to this one a lot, but it's it's peace of mind. Yeah, it it is. It changes the way. So if you don't have debt in your life or any significant debt in your life, you operate, uh, I didn't actually say reckless, but you... You, you tend to operate a little more uh, just not worrying. You know, you, you, you don't make decisions based on fear. You make decisions based on opportunity when you don't have a financial burden on your shoulders. So, again, like I said, when I let, we led into the section, it, it's very short reasons too because, I mean, I think... They're obvious. They're obvious. And, and this episode is kind of dedicated to 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 the benefits of paying your mortgage off early so this is another this is another section it's kind of an extension of the how-to but these are ways and strategies to pay your mortgage off early and this is if you've already bought a home so if you already have that mortgage amortized over 25 or 30 years these are ways to reduce the amortization period and get it paid off earlier so I, I, I want to lead into this section by highlighting something that was said in the article from currentmortgageratestoday.org, and it is some methods are quicker than others or require larger sacrifice. And again, we throw the word sacrifice around a lot, sometimes negatively, sometimes positive, but I think, I, th- I really do think that because a, a home is our largest purchase we will make in our lifetime, usually, that it's something that we should give a lot of thought and, and sacrifice to. Yeah, and I think you really, you have to decide when, you, when you're buying a house, is that where I want the most of my money to go? You know, when you're choosing the home you want to buy, it's easy to get caught up in square footage and, and features like granite countertops and uh, en suites and, and uh, four bedrooms and, 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 and formal dining rooms. I mean, those are nice things to have and and you just you have to know when you're when you buy a house beyond your needs you're you're 
you're making lifestyle decisions and you're not making short-term lifestyle decisions. You're making, you know, 15, 20 or 25 year lifestyle decisions. So it's, uh, you, I, you can't rush into these decisions. It's, it's something you really gotta, you, you have to look into the future and make some predictions and, and say, is this where, where I really want my money to go? So Trevor, that really brings us to the end of our the second part of our two-part episode on the 15-year mortgage. And in closing, my closing question to you is, if you had to sum up, I mean, there's tons of benefits that you have realized through paying your mortgage off early, but if you could boil it down to one or two really key benefits, what would they be? So the first one is, I was able to cash flow my, my three children's post-secondary education, which was great for them and great for me. Uh, it's also changed my relationship with debt. And and I say that in that I, by getting in my mortgage, I now have no mechanism to service debt in my life. So when I, when I had a mortgage and I, ha- I had other debts, say like a car loan, a little bit more debt in my life didn't really change things. It really didn't change my day-to-day, how I live my life. Because I, I, I had this burden of servicing debt. So a little bit more what's the what's the big deal right but when you have no debt in your life none whatsoever the concept of taking on debt is so foreign and so absurd that I, I would have to come up with a mechanism to service debt like i i think that alone is, is so powerful and and just to not have that burden on me that that constant need to service that debt and, and that that fear that I, if I lose this income I can no longer pay my mortgage I mean that's a real concern you might not vocalize it or you might you might not say it out loud but it's going on in the back of your mind constantly so it, you I just think it changes the way of how you approach your job and how you approach life in general I I, I think I'm more laid back and relaxed now without a mortgage than I was when I had one so I I mean, it, I, I imagine it, it, it may, it, whether it showed up in my personality or, or, or how I conduct myself on a daily basis, I don't know. But I know inside, I feel very different. And I like to close this episode off with three great quotes from the articles we covered today. Uh, the first quote is by Nancy, Nancy L. Anderson from her article on Forbes.com, Seven Reasons Not to Pay Off Your Mortgage Before You Retire. But a, a great quote within there is, Quote, for many people, paying off their mortgage has less to do with the math and more to do with peace of mind. The next quote is from currentmortgageratestoday.org, and it is, quote, living with the knowledge that you can lose your home if you come across financial problems is very stressful. So paying off your mortgage early not only saves you money, but also allows you to enjoy life better. And the final quote, and probably my favorite, is from Romana King's MoneySense.ca article, and it is that the answer as to whether or not you should pay your mortgage early really boils down to what's important to you in both your short-term and your long-term financial plans. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you right back here next week with a brand new episode. Until then, keep it simple.